Blog Talk Radio. joining us again today. Yes, indeed, it's another beautiful day here in the middle of New York City, where we broadcast out of, effectively. And for those of you who listen regularly, you know that today is a solo show. We have no guests, but we do have anyone who calls in as our guest. In that, we will have a talk back show, allowing you, the audience, to come and join me, asking questions, making comments uh, that everyone will be able to hear when they listen in, either live or in archive, and uh, you will become part of participatory media, participatory democracy here at A Better World. Uh, certainly a, you could say, a model or a structure that befits us here at A Better World. For those of you who do not yet receive our weekly newsletter, an e-newsletter that is, please just go to our website at www.abetterworld.tv. That's www. Do we have to say that anymore these days? I will to be on the safe side. www.abetterworld.tv and on the right-hand side, the right column, you'll see an opportunity to sign up for our free newsletter. And that newsletter will uh, give you the uh, upcoming week's shows, both the radio show every Wednesday night at 6 p.m., So spread the word, forward the newsletter once you get it to your friends and family. You think they should listen in and become part of this wonderful and expanding, growing community. And the TV show, which is aired in Manhattan every Tuesday evening at this point at 10.30 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, that is, or Standard Time, both. And uh, every week we have a very interesting show on each on the TV show which is pre-recorded this past week that is last night actually we had the wonderful well-known world-renowned teacher and writer Debbie Ford who just passed this past year earlier this winter very sadly for those who know her 
either personally or professionally. Uh, I've had a chance to spend some time with Debbie. She wrote The Shadow Effect and, my God, probably another 20 other books uh, that have become best-selling books, New York Times best-selling books and others. And uh, it's a real loss because she's affected the lives in a positive way of so many. And uh, we had her on A Better World Television, and we were gearing up to have her on the radio show as well, but uh, that we never got around to for a variety of reasons. Although I did interview her on Gary Knoll's Progressive Radio Network, uh, in a sense, for him some years back when he wasn't available and I was sitting in for him to do so. And uh, got a chance to befriend Debbie at that time, although I had known her sister and her sister's husband for years before that and had always looked forward to meeting Debbie. You can probably still go to www.debbieford.com to get a sense of her life's work. Uh, I think one of her last books she wrote with uh, Deepak Chopra to just give you some idea of the quality and caliber of her work and her contribution to society. So let me give the number out to those of you who may be listening and do not yet have it. And this is the guest call-in number. Uh, That is 602-753-1860. I hope you wrote quickly, or should I just speak more slowly? But I do welcome anyone to call in and uh, share your thoughts or your uh, questions with me. You know, I'm, uh, how do I put this um, modestly? Uh, (laughs) I wear numerous hats as the day goes on. I will go from writing for uh, blogs either a Better World newsletter, as I mentioned, or the Huffington Post or Natural News. And then I have uh, individual counseling, consulting, and stress management uh, consultations that I do with people almost every day for several hours, wherein I guide people with my background in psychology for 30 years uh, in private practice here in New York City and for quite some time also in Westport, Connecticut. And I help people to see their lives from different perspectives. Always a perspective that is open and generous, yet also honest, truthful, and it's been said, poignant. And to help people illuminate what is not obvious to them, helping them see beyond the the blind spot, the shadow, which we all have. We all have. And that blind spot can sometimes keep us stuck in one place or in two places, but not more. And we wiggle between uh, the two or we're stuck in one, or we're polarized between two. And we could use a 
a third eye, as it were, another set of eyes on our own selves to help us move toward another place where we can become more self-satisfied, more productive, more attuned, more aligned with our sense of life purpose, our life goals, um, our values, a sense of meaning, uh, more aligned with love on both a personal level as well as on a professional level and perhaps even a transpersonal level where we allow, admit, and open up to love as you could say the highest vibration in the universe and that which what moves everything to its next orbit it's the underlying primordial momentum of the universe itself and well we don't know that for sure but we have good reason to suspect it and with that suspicion uh, that intuition is really more like it, we can really uh, align ourselves to a quality, to a virtue that is only going to serve us and serve those with whom we come into contact. Some people confuse the big word of love with just the personal nature of love, uh, romantic love, boy-girl love, puppy love, or the love, let's say, in a family, all of which is what teaches us about the nature of love. But once we have a taste of that, we can really cultivate our heart, our heart chakra, and open it up in alignment with our other chakras and our other sense, our whole sense of being, and project that, radiate that out into the universe where we can actually have a physical, not to mention emotional and spiritual effect on others. This is beautiful stuff. This is beautiful stuff. And when we start to play in that arena, our whole life takes a step. It sort of escalates so that we're filled with this kind of refined preciousness, this another octave of chi or ki or prana or shakti, however we would like to define those subtler realms of our life force, which essentially is just a a descendant, if you will, of spirit. Now, this may all sound a bit mysterious, perhaps, or not, or mystical, or not. Um, you know, I really encourage people to listen into the kernels they can take for themselves and apply them to their lives. Because our lives these days are so often replete riddled with stress with varying levels of confusion uncertainty unpredictability instability insecurity oh my is it possible that we can actually wake up in the morning and carry on well 
Yes, of course it is, folks. Of course it is. We are both sensitive, fragile, and rugged. We have virility. We have potency. We have momentum. We have motives. We have motivation. We have intentions. We have constitutions of strength, nobility, dignity, and magnificence. Yes, each one of us, each one of you listening, each one of us here at A Better World, the whole lot of Homo sapiens is been, has been gifted with these qualities. How much do we live into them? How much do we cultivate them? How much of our human potential do we realize? Huh. That is another question, my friends. That is entirely uh, other question. And a horse, you could say, if we love the Wizard of Oz, another color. Does that make it less valuable to contemplate? Uh-uh. It makes it actually more valuable because we can begin to measure with our own yardstick how much further we have to go to fulfill our own sense of defined goals. That's what matters. As they say, it's like playing golf. Of course, you're playing against others, but you're really playing against your own last score. And you're trying your darndest to upgrade the game. And that's what we do here in A Better World. We seek to upgrade people's games. That's one way of putting it. <laughs> and I think it's a rather fun one. Uh, so please feel free to call us at 602-753-1860. That's 602-753-1860. And join the dialogue. Yes, there are at least two of us here on the line at this moment, one named Mitchell, the other named Mitchell Rabin. No, I'm playing with you. It's one unified whole, yet with different personae that emerge at any given moment, depending on who it is I may be speaking with. Sort of like if you ever saw Zelig, the film by Woody Allen, in which whomever... Zelig is speaking with, he begins to imitate and emulate that person. So if he's speaking with an older Chinese man with a Fu Manchu beard, he starts speaking in Mandarin and actually physically morphing to look identical to the Chinese man. There's another scene in which he is speaking with a rabbi, and before you know it, he is developing curls at the side of his head and beginning to daven. Oh, it's funny. And it's with Diane Keaton, who is the psychoanalyst at Bellevue. If you haven't seen it, I recommend it. Anyway, I'm, I'm playing with you. Uh, just bring a bit of levity to our world situation, which I'm about to dive into, uh, to take a look at the way things are in our world, because, oh my, they sure are bizarre. It's hard to believe that human beings do what they do to, e to each other, with each other, <clears throat> and uh, are able to remain kind of 
cognizant without going unconscious even more so because they feel like fainting when they contemplate what they have done to one another. Now, I'm going to turn uh, my attention and ours, for that matter, to some of the news of just this past week and a half, or this week and last. It's There are these things called news cycles, as I'm sure you've all noticed, that the commercial media of television, radio, and I'm not talking, by the way, about alternative radio and alternative television, which you will have the pleasure of experiencing here at A Better World and many other outlets. Uh, Progressive Radio Network, for instance, headed up by Gary Null, where uh, A Better World was domiciled for about seven or so years. Um, and you also have Pacifica Radio, WBAI in New York City, and their other sister stations spread throughout the United States, uh, L.A., Berkeley, Washington, D.C., I think it's Houston. And uh, Free Speech Radio and TV is another. And interestingly, Russia Today, which I've been on, and as well as I've been on Russian radio as well. Let me give the number out again. I'd like to pepper our time with the number. 602-753-1860. Oh, don't be embarrassed. Don't be overly shy. Feel free to step forward and, uh, and chat with me. I love hearing from you all. It's really a gift, not only to me, but to the other audience members who get to hear some of the people that are listening and hear directly what's in their mind and sitting on their heart because there's a lot we want to express. There's just a lot. And we don't have that many public fora in which to do so. Common ground and a place where we can speak and be heard by not just ourselves or our four walls, but by many others who may interestingly, feel just the same way we do, or at least within the same approximate sphere or orbit. And when we see that our thoughts are not somehow abnormal, bizarre, out of this world completely with no anchor in earthly reality, you know, it feels good. (laughs) You know, it just feels good and it helps to promote the sense of uh, connectedness and um, and family, if you will, among humans. And we're missing that sense of family. So you know what? We have to create it. That's the game, folks. That's one of the games we play here at A Better World. Calling all humans. Come join us here at A Better World. Calling all humans. Come Line up, make a call, join me on A Better World and become part, literally, of creating a better world through your participation. That's the way the game works. That's just the way it works. So, again, 602-753-1860. You know those old-fashioned operators 
who had this like very unique way of pronouncing numerals <laughs> six zero two seven five three one eight six zero <laughs> times have changed so that kind of uh, um, conversation doesn't happen that much anymore but it used to be where there were numbers sort of like Bedford 3, 5,000 here in New York City or other such things. Metropolitan 5, 9111. Well, those days have passed. We're now in the digital age and dealing with all of the joys and troubles of the digital age of cyberspace, of cyber wars, and the like. The privacy issue is no longer an issue. There isn't any. It's gone, folks. It's not constitutional, but it is gone, as are actually a number of aspects and points. Amendments in our Constitution, they have been eroded, corroded, corrupted, ignored, and all but completely demolished by the last several administrations. And they have such circuitous, peculiar ways of eviscerating our rights that are God-given and God-protected in our holy writ of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. But because the forces that be in both the corporate sphere and the government, which is corporations' little puppet, we have lost our footing in integrity. The integrity represented by the Constitution, even that of the Magna Carta, Carta excuse me, which the great journalist and writer, uh, winner of the Pulitzer Prize, Chris Hedges, was speaking of just this morning on Amy Goodman's Democracy Now!, saying that even as far back as the Magna Carta's principles are now being challenged, the, the right of press, the notion of a free press, of free speech, with what was going on with Eric Holder, Attorney General, and this intense investigation into uh, the Associated Press, one of the most integrity-based media organizations on the planet and long-standing, is now being turned upside down. And it's so interesting how so much of the standard national press I'll keep it at national, looks the other way when people such as Julian Assange of WikiLeaks is being virtually prosecuted for something as archaic and rarely used as the Espionage Act, which the United States is just, and this administration, I should say, is just, just hungering, thirsting to wrap him up with because of his journalistic investigational reportage that pulled the veil back
thing as any good investigative reporter or journalist should. And unfortunately, the media has become a puppy dog in the lap of each administration for the last few, and the White House controls who can show up in the press room, and anyone who is a little too cavalier is asked not to return. What's free about that? As far as I'm concerned, all government officials should have to be available to virtually any inquiry of and by the press because they are beholden to us, but completely. Not just we, the press, we, the people. We, the people. But it doesn't go that way. They act as though they have a power source outside of us an independent, autonomous, sovereign power source outside of the people who they are there to serve, and that is their only reason to be there at all. That is the raison d'etre of public life. But you wouldn't know it, except for a few rhetorical statements here and there by our president and a few others in Congress, you would think that they were just simply planted there by their uh, lobbyist friends and their rich, wealthy supporters who installed them into office to do their private bidding. And if you look at our country and the decimation of its infrastructure, of its educational system, and you see where the dollars from taxes really flows, you would want to cry. You would want to simply pack your bags and go somewhere else. I'm not sure it's much better anywhere else on this planet. I cannot really answer that. But surely it might be worth a foray, you know, because what goes on here with every 60 cents or so of the dollar, and that's just what's reported, by the way, is going to military expenditures of having hundreds of bases around the world. What is that about? Yes, you're right. It's about empire. That's what it is about. And it calls itself by a different name. It calls itself the great old U.S. of A, always looking to be the good guy, looking out for others' interests. Of course, as well as our own, but forget others' interests. It's looking out for its own, but it wears a smiley face. So all looks fine. But it ain't. Not at home and not elsewhere. It is always defining corporate interests as national security. (laughs) What? No. That's called socialism or externalized communism, but it sure isn't what we call capitalism. What we have in this United States is a series of major corporations, the largest in fact, being subsidized in numerous ways by our tax dollars. Now, tell me, 
Isn't that what we learned in school? It's called socialism, where the government props up businesses because the businesses will otherwise downturn? Yeah, I'm not talking about just GM. I'm talking about Exxon. I'm talking about the big oil companies and big agribusiness. These are all subsidized, sometimes overtly, sometimes covertly, sometimes through tax breaks. Breaks? The entire dam would break. I mean, the country is breaking. Those breaks are so big. I'm not talking about little loopholes. I'm talking about major rifts in the moral fiber of what can keep a country running. So, the news cycle. Yes, ah, but first, yes, my friends. This is Mitchell J. Raven for A Better World Radio. We are on Blog Talk Radio every single week on Wednesdays at 6 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. I'm so appreciative of those of you who tune in. And please go to our website, www.abetterworld.tv. And there you will also be able to sign up for our illustrious newsletter. Our newsletter has been um, enjoyed by, my God, we're up to some 75,000 people worldwide who are uh, receiving it these days. And uh, more coming on routinely from different little parts of the world. We have many countries who listen to our radio shows and who read the newsletter. We have people from China and Russia and Vietnam and Australia and New Zealand and uh, Indonesia, Bali and England and France. It's just wonderful. Latin America, it's such a pleasure. We have friends everywhere. As I mentioned, I've also been on... uh, Russian radio and TV a few times and uh, so the word gets broadcast from a better world or about a better world even in Moscow and St. Petersburg among other places well you know I am Ukrainian Jewish by descent um, not by birth but by descent and so you know it's probably not all that surprising i haven't been invited yet onto chinese tv although i feel like i've got some uh chinese in my bone marrow as well from having practiced tai chi chuan for so many years but let's go back to the news cycle for a moment and remember any of you can call in at any time at 602-753-1860 this week's uh top story or certainly one of the top stories has been about uh Angelina Jolie's top uh curiously yes her breasts have been removed in what is called very medically speaking a double mastectomy doesn't that sound a bit nicer than having a beautiful woman's breasts removed you bet it does And it doesn't sound very good even at that. But let me remind you all that there are doctors who are all ready to remove any number of women's breasts in what they call proactive 
preventative measures to keep the woman from possibly getting breast cancer. Now, I don't know about you, but in my mind, if I were to extrapolate from that logic, why don't we just sort of like kill ourselves? Because we're going to die anyway. Why not not just get it over with? Or remove a few other organs because, you know, they might get diseased. Well, anyone who has actually looked at the Genome Project, which cost a pretty penny of us all, actually showed that the genes aren't playing the role that medicine typically thought they were or that even geneticists thought they were. This is called old science. Genes, of course, have a very important role to play, but it's not what we thought. They do not determine the quality of our lives or the quantity of our life. They affect them both, but they do not define and determine them. And I have to turn my attention right now to my dear friend and colleague, cellular biologist Bruce Lipton, who has proved beyond a shadow of a doubt that our genes are influenceable and affected by our lifestyle. And a good measure of our lifestyle has to do with our belief systems. And if you deconstruct our belief systems, you will get down to our perceptions. You will get down to the way we use language in the privacy of our own minds. And those concepts that we decide to embrace and endorse and make our own and that embracing and endorsing is what then sets the stage for our genetic behavior and output. What does all that mean? I'll tell you, folks. The field of epigenetics, which Dr. Lipton, who will be on our show probably in mid-June to discuss his latest book, The Honeymoon Effect, uh has been one of the originators of the field called epigenetics. That means after or beyond genetics in Greek, epit. And it has shown that there is a dialogue between genetic output and our human input into the gene, literally into the DNA. DNA is shaped by our environment, my friends. This is one of Dr. Lipton's great, really Nobel Prize winning uh, contributions to science. So if doctors are still, and I'm going to put it this way, hung up and stuck in the old genes are everything paradigm, they are doing their patients a tremendous disservice. And to call a human being a percentage, a statistic, is yet again retro. It's horrific. And it's not true. It's but a statistical generalization. And generalizations, by definition, are untrue, are inaccurate, and 
furthermore, highly imprecise. And anyone at any time can modify whatever statistical bracket they may find themselves in relative to health, wellness, or on the flip side, illness, including cancer, or respiratory illness, or any organ illness, <laughs> doesn't matter. The power of our minds, the power of good nutrition, the power of de-stressing, the power of meditation, the power of Qi Kung and Tai Chi Chuan and yoga, the power of focus, of concentration, the power of working with our own neurology, our own dendrites, gives us a power over genetic output. If you don't believe me, read the work of Bruce Lipton. And it's not just Bruce Lipton. Just Google epigenetics. You can Google the work of Sri Aurobindo, who alighted upon this wisdom, this knowledge, back in the early 20s. There has been a metaphysical understanding of the role between mind and body that is actually ageless, that has gotten truly developed more over time. Uh, the work of Dr. Hammer, H-A-M-E-R, in the German New Medicine gave it a real jolt forward in being able to identify an emotional trauma which precedes the onset of a measurable lesion in the brain that corresponds to a cancer in another part of the body. And based on the nature of that emotional trauma, he can predict the kind of cancer or illness that will show up. How do you like that? That means emotional trauma or conflict that is not resolved on the level of that trauma or conflict, the level on which it's occurring, will give rise then to, or can, I really mean, a somatic expression. <laughs> what? But what about environmental pollutants? That's true too. Yes, illnesses can well be caused by that or by nutritional degeneration as well. But you will see that oftentimes, I'm not going to say every time, but oftentimes uh, those biological degenerative situations are further aggravated or even possibly set up by an originating a sourcing emotional conflict. And that branched out into a field known as total biology with a lot of the groundbreaking work of Dr. Hammer's student, the Moroccan-born Dr. Claude Sabah, S-A-B-B-A-H. And I've studied with his students and I brought the entire study to the United States. Oh, there were a couple of tricklings in the United States with it prior to my uh, really spearheading it. But they were 
small and what really launched total biology in the United States, that is to the extent that it got launched, is through uh, a better world pioneering it back in the year 2004 and all the way up through about 2009, I believe it was, maybe even 2010, with Claude Vallier and his lovely wife and Gilbert Renault from Vancouver and Isabel Benares, all of whom were guests uh, on A Better World Radio and TV. And uh, over the years, where we were really bringing forward this exquisite dimensional relationship between mind and body. So this is a long way to come back and circle back to this idea that Angelina Jolie, beautiful woman that she is, I don't mean just her breasts, I don't mean just her beautiful body, which impresses all, sort of like a Grecian goddess, but her heart is, you know, has just shown itself many times. But she has been given, from my point of view, horrible advice. Horrible. And doctors are not up on the latest. And their training is really, often, honestly, imbecilic. Why do I say that? Because they actually don't know how to relate to the true mind-body relationship. They don't quite get it. They know there's something in there, and the formal field of psychoneuroimmunology speaks to it a bit, but it doesn't really penetrate your ordinary doctor. It just doesn't. And ultimately, as a result, their activity is 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 incompetent because they haven't gotten enough of a sufficient education to give advice the way they do. First of all, we're all going to die. All right? Big deal. Next is that we can live a life of real quality by making lifestyle changes, both in how we eat, what we eat, the quantity we eat, what we drink, the amount of water we drink, the quality of the water we drink, the amount we sleep, the amount we move, the amount we exercise, the amount we dance, the amount of joy we express through our bodies, the amount we think, the way we deal with stress, the way we deal with pleasure, the way we deal with joy. Hello? It's called life. And we are constantly affecting ourselves. It's not like cancer is some kind of rigidified, mysterious uh, cellular activity we know nothing about. After trillions of dollars spent researching how to get to the bottom of this evil cancer. Uh-uh. Don't think of it that way. That's a part of a program that we've all been indoctrinated with. We've got to pull ourselves out of it and look at it from a more existential point of view, a psychobiological point of view. And then, my friends, we're bringing our own intelligence to bear, not just something that a guy in a white coat said who is 
selling camel cigarettes on television until just a few decades ago and extolling the virtues of tobacco. You know, you've got to really think about these things. Now, granted, if you ask me, most doctors most of the time are doing their darndest to serve their patients. But, as Abraham Maslow, famed psychologist, said, if the only tool you have is a hammer, you'll tend to see the world as nails. So, in that light, if the only thing you've got is a scalpel or radiation therapy or chemotherapeutic agents, guess what? That's going to be the answer to most of your medical perceptions of your patients. Yeah. Or vaccines or antibiotics. Just ply your patients with drugs. Ah, but they're legal. Ah, but they're destroying the American mind. Look at what's going on with the levels of violence. Look at the video games that are promoting violence. Look at the the policies of our government's administrations promulgating war in countries around the world. Spoken of wars, recognized wars, and covert wars. Jeremy Scahill was in dialogue with Noam Chomsky, moderated by Amy Goodman not long ago up at Harvard, I believe it was. And to hear about what is really going on on the ground with our tax dollars, it's enough to make you sick. But remember, the IRS says, we all must pay our fair share. Fair share in contributing, contributing to death and murder and one form or another of genocide across the planet. And we are being told that we must pay in our fair share of that war machine. You've got to see this. You have got to see what is really going on. Because it's not pretty, my friends. We've got trouble here in River City. Real trouble. And I, I regret that Angelina Jolie received such poor advice from my point of view. There will be many who may disagree with me. Well, it won't be the first time. And I welcome disagreement because I will have an opportunity to educate people about the way these things go. Human beings are not statistics. And we can morph our bodies and minds many a time and duck the statistic, change them, reverse them. This is where the science of medicine has become a statistical fraud, really. And the art of medicine needs to step up to the plate where we can revert back to this old idea called compassion, understanding, hands-on healing, a touch of love administered by a doctor to his patient, 
understanding, understanding psychologically why certain things show up in our lives. Hmm, how's that? Examining that we may have an acidic diet based on fast foods, refined foods, processed foods, genetically modified foods. That's no longer food. So where is the cell getting its nutrition? You've got to look at this. Because, as my dear friend and colleague and mentor, Gary Knoll, cited just today, that there are over 30,000 papers, many of them peer-reviewed in outstanding uh, publications throughout the world that show the value and nutritional human efficacy of taking fairly copious amounts of such things like vitamin C. Uh-huh. Vitamin C. D. D2. Bs. As. Ks. Aminos. Minerals. Magnesium. Calcium. Zinc. I mean, this is not new information. This is as old as the hills and everybody knew it until the food became an industry. It became corporatized where all that matters is money. And this, my friends, is a real serious pathology. This is where we have gone awry. This is how the death toll in the Bangladeshi factory rises above a thousand because money is more important than human life. That's how the military-industrial complex has gotten to be what it is because money is more important than life. And this is a problem, my friends. This is actually a core problem. It is a deep, deeply-seated, core issue of our entire society. And I will say that I believe that there are societies strewn throughout the planet that do not operate on this Western Judeo-Christian-based modus operandi value system. It says one thing, life is so valuable, the precious human birth, on one hand, that we cannot even have an abortion where even a one-celled organism to kill it or remove it is murder, and full-fledged doctors have been murdered because they were involved in the removal of a very early stage, you know, embryo or fetus that sometimes was a result of a rape. I mean, as soon as they get to age 18, it's fine to send them to war to get killed then. But that has a different monetary incentive. So you have to follow the money trail. And you see how uh, the collective... No, no, no. Actually, not the collective ethics. 
the 1% ethics, the ethics, the morality of the 1%, you know, happens the way it occurs. It occurs as a result of where we make the money. The rest is lip service. They will sell governments downstream in order to have the power and the control like the Trans-Pacific Agreement, like the NAFTAs and the AFTAs and the CAFTAs are all decapitating us. So the fact is that I want to give the number out again before we end. And no one has called in. No one has decided to tickle me with their questions. Hmm. 602-753-1860. 602-753-1860. The door remains open, my friends. The door remains open. Now, we've spoken about Angelina Jolie and the pathetic tragedy that has befallen her and her husband and family and friends and the world at large, in fact. Uh, not that we should make her breasts our focal point. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. Uh, but they sure were pretty. Um, but rather, uh, understanding the way decisions like that are made, what are their sources, and to correct the poor, impoverished medical thinking that brings that kind of act about, as well as for all those women who are contemplating this horrendous non-answer. It is a non-answer. Even without breast, you can still get breast cancer. Oh, the statistics are lower, but the possibility remains. So why not get to the source of what it is that causes cancer in the first place? How's that for an original thought? nothing original about it it's just common sense if we're creating acidity in the body if we're creating conflict in our emotional lives creating stress what is going to happen we know what happens an acidic condition is also an oxygen less condition Rudolf Otto in the year 1933 won a Nobel Prize for Medicine for the discovery that oxygen and cancer do not live side by side where there is no uh, oxygen, there is the potential and the reality of cancer. But where there is the presence of oxygen, there will not be cancer. Hence, there developed the domain of oxygen therapies. But there's no money in oxygen. It's not enough. An oxygen mask? You know, oxygen into the blood, ozone? Oh, come on. How much can you charge for that? So what you see is an entire industry called the cancer industry grew up based on myths and fictions and deliberately creating delusions among the people. It's just the way science and medicine hobble along. And the doctors who are well-meaning, and there are zillions of them, 
are given the poorest of educations. And many, unfortunately, do not think enough on their own, on their own two feet, and come across the importance of nutrition and of uh, water and exercise on their own. Lifestyle changes, thinking changes, sleeping changes and modification, the reduction of electromagnetic fields in our environments. This is very important. I had Dr. Alale on just about two months ago discussing the importance of reducing EMFs in our homes, in our offices, that we are besieged by them and the effects they have on developing molds and yeasts and fungi and many say that cancer is yet just a further extension of all of those. And Dr. Rob Young, who I had on, biochemist, who I had on uh, Better World TV back in the late 90s was talking about this. This material is not new, but it hasn't got into mainstream, and that's why I discuss it on A Better World Radio. And I hope that you take this link and you share it with your friends so they can really get informed and educated and wake up to what we need to know so not more women's breasts get lopped off with the poor advice of their doctors. And they consider that to be preferable to a lifestyle change where we know certain kinds of nutrients, either through supplementation and best, of course, through food itself, raw, fresh, live, organic food, which has kept, kept humanity alive for tens of thousands of years. Isn't it peculiar that all of a sudden it isn't any longer medicinal? Isn't that peculiar? And we have to roll back this GMO nonsense that is killing us that we've had Jeffrey Smith on several times talking about genetically modified organisms who made a film with Dr. Oz's wife, Lisa Oz, who narrated it called Genetic Roulette based on his film, uh, based on his book that was uh, after his first one called Seeds of Deception. So these are the kinds of uh, educational items we really want to chew on, if you will, chew on. So, you know, there, if we look and scan the news cycle, we see that there's been this madness about the kidnapping in Cleveland of these three young girls for 10 years. And it's, you, you know, it's horrific. But CNN and the rest of them don't let it go. They want us to pick through every scrap of garbage in the guy's backyard for traces of something or other. It's horrendous. Let the family be in peace. State the facts, make it a news item, and then let people live in peace. It's just horrible about what goes on. And yet, the, the contributors to the Bangladeshi uh, factory business, the Walmarts of the world, and the others that are 
making, uh, setting contracts with these factory owners, paying, as Gary Noll was saying today, 14 cents an hour so we can buy cheap clothes here? Do you really want to wear clothes where the maker of it was exploited, maybe whipped, not allowed to go to the bathroom, working seven days a week for 14 cents an hour? Is that worth it? It's horrific. So we know what we have to do. And what we have to do is boycott any of those big box stores, those big corporations who are somehow or another involved in these kinds of practices. We're going to pay for it, my friends, in one way or another. So let's think this through. Anyway, Unbelievably, it looks like we are out of time. My name is Mitchell J. Rabin. We are on every Wednesday looking at the different aspects, facets of our world, of the way mind and body interact, of looking at how to bring ethics and morality into and, and, and core humane values into the marketplace into business, into the corporate world, into government, so we can set this world aright, my friends. It just, you know, I have this funny thought that it just isn't difficult. It takes a few moments of connected thinking, of genuine, heartfelt, deep, logical thinking, logical relative to our Moral integrity. It must be aligned. And then, making these kinds of decisions are just not that hard. We do things that will preserve other people's lives, the life of the planet herself, and our own. It becomes one big gestalt, one holistic thought. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. I mean, it really doesn't get simpler. So even though I may use a couple of big words here and a couple of seemingly fancy-schmancy concepts, it's really, really simple. The cat is out of the bag. So uh, I call for this simplicity. I declare that it is possible for us all to turn that little corner, to shift that little aperture of perception that will allow us all to lead better, healthier lives, more joyful lives, to have fun. But it's hard to have fun when all of our brothers and sisters, so many of them are suffering under delusions and under the hand of oppression of our other brothers and sisters. We've just got to clean this up immediately and we've got to get a handle on what we're doing to our environment because it has gone far beyond far beyond our ability to turn it around and some of the leading climate scientists have said that we have gone beyond the point of being able to turn it around completely we cannot do it we've increased the carbon uh, content beyond the 350. It's been long beyond the 350, and it is going to have an impact on 
our uh, our lives and our generations to come. We are basically on a suicide mission with what it is we're doing right now. It's suicide. And we have to see that our society is designed, designed for self-destruction and immolation. And that is where we're going, literally, between solar flares, between the warming of the atmosphere, temperatures already, already in May, up reaching into the high 90s in Las Vegas and Phoenix. There is a price to pay, and it is our lifestyle, and we must change it. We're all on the ship together. We're not hopping off the ship. As Reverend Jesse Jackson said, we may have all taken on different ships over here, but we're all on the same boat now, and we are. So we are not going to leave it completely, but we can alter our buying habits and our consumption habits and our outreach activist habits, and we can become true sacred stewards in our lifestyle. And write letters. They really impact our senators, our congresspeople, our governors, and our president. And they do bend eventually. They do bend. And we have ample proof of that in things that have happened, even in the decadent halls of Congress. So get in touch with your power. Enjoy that power. Think moderately when it comes to profiting in your own company. I'm going to be writing an article about this that will be posted in, uh, God willing, in the Huffington Post relatively soon. And I invite you to join. Just put in uh, my name in HuffingtonPost.com or just go to our website and you can click on the icon and read or at Natural News. I welcome it. Become friends with us at Facebook, A Better World Media. Like us, as they say. Become uh, part of our Twitter community as well. We're out there, man, and we want you to be part of it. Thanks again for joining me. Next week I will be speaking with uh, Dr. Gerald Epstein, who is world-renowned for his work with the use of mental imagery for healing. Ah, hmm, isn't that funny? Talking about giving a good medical education. And here is a doctor, an MD, who knows better, who has had real training in mind-body thinking, medicine, and spiritual disciplines, which he wisely has brought to bear together in a unified field and he'll be speaking about that next week. So please join us, and I look forward to seeing you all next week.